Basically, our political system produces chronically bad decisions. There's no vision. There's no let's let's put ourselves on a 10 year timeline to become a have province. Welcome to the Ballot Box featuring Jonathan Dean. Welcome back to the Cross-Border Interview Podcast, The Ballot Box, where we talk about one thing that is facing all Canadians from coast to coast to coast on a semi-regular basis, elections. Uh, The speculation that we are going to be heading to a federal election anytime soon, but the people of Nova Scotia are currently in an election and they are heading to the ballot boxes on Tuesday, August 17th. Today in the ballot box, we have... Jonathan Dean, the leader of the Atlantica Party in Nova Scotia. Jonathan, thank you so much for doing this. Greatly appreciate it. Well, thanks very much for having me here. Um, for my listeners who and my viewers who aren't really sure who the Atlantica Party are, mm-hmm. who are they? In your own words, describe your party to me. Absolutely. We've been around since 2006. In Nova Scotia. There's five registered parties in Nova Scotia. We are the uh, youngest, but still we're 15 years old. I've been in, uh, I'm probably the longest serving political uh, leader in Nova Scotia. I've taken part in uh, in numerous uh, elections and by-elections, and uh, I've been leader for most of the history of the party. I was one of the founders. Um, It grew out of a sense of disappointment in the the in the uh, the in the few the, the 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 view that Nova Scotia wasn't living up to its potential. I grew up here in Halifax, and uh, I went away. I, I went away a little bit for schooling. Uh, I then worked away in Toronto for about ten years, and I came back and I thought, you know, it's exactly the same as it was when I left. Uh, I'd gone to Toronto when they were having problems with too much growth, and I come back to Nova Scotia, and it's exactly the same. So myself and a couple of fellow founders, we all sat down and put our heads together and say, look, what is going on? What is it that's holding this province back? Now, obviously, there's structural issues uh, in in relation to our relationships with Canada. But there's also a lot of uh, basically our political system produces uh, chronically bad decisions. There's no vision. There's no let's let's put ourselves on a 10 year timeline to become a have province. So we started to dissect that and we got into into it. We came up with a lot of ideas and a lot of things that we thought were vital that needed to be done here in Nova Scotia. And obviously, uh, you can try to do it through two ways. You can sort of be an advocacy group and do the way our politics is structured here in in the province that gets you nowhere. The other one is to form a political party and contest elections, and that's the route that we took. It's a much higher risk approach, but it's a heck of a lot more fun. Um, And we basically are a group of grassroots people. We're not affiliated with any organization. All donations are small donations from people. All of us are, uh, we have full-time jobs, we have families, and what we, we work on party issues when we have time in the evenings and the weekends. So... We're very much, we don't have a, a parent federal party to uh, make sure to give us uh, advice and advisors and resources. Uh, we're very much a, a startup that uh, we've been growing and growing. So 
that's sort of why we formed the party in order to affect change here and make Nova Scotia, you know, have at least we'll try to have at least live up to some of its potential because we think that Nova Scotia is probably the greatest place in the world. And we think it has tremendous potential in the 21st century. The problem is uh, we're just being held back by our political system, which produces bad decisions. So that's why we formed the party. That's why we're running in this election. We ran in the last election. Uh, we ran, I ran in the election before that. We the register, the party was registered, I believe, for the election before that. And before that, I ran in the election. So we've been in quite a few elections so far. And uh, so we're looking forward to having our best showing ever in this election. I, I want to talk about yourself here for a second before we turn to policy, because that's where I, I love talking policy. I'm a policy wonk and I've read your platform and I, I'm looking forward to diving into it. But where does your sense of duty to serve come from? Because you, you, you talk about starting a party, but you had to come up with a duty to serve that party, to serve the people of Nova Scotia. Hence why you put forward your name each election to uh, potentially be uh, the next MLA for the riding you're running to represent. That's a, that's a great question. Uh, I'm, uh, my background is, is basically engineering, hard science. Uh, I'm, if nothing else, I'm a problem solver. So when I see a problem and I can at least come up with a solution or a partial solution, you know, I want to put that into place. And that I didn't, we didn't form the party to become politicians. We formed the party to solve problems. Uh, we already have enough generic, boring, old fashioned parties. Uh, you know, that's not who we want to be. We're not, we don't want to be a boring status quo party. That's of no interest to us. We want to come in and affect uh, as change, in some case, radical change. In terms of our political agenda, we have quite a few ideas, as well as our economic agenda. These are all ideas that we see are as solutions to problems. And the way to put these solutions into place, we have to play the game of being a political party and getting elected. So how do you play the game? Because when I talk to people in Nova Scotia, whether it be family members or people like candidates like yourself, I hear about a voter apathy in this election. People are not engaged in this election because it's happening in the middle of the summer. Uh, not a lot of people are tuned into politics during the summer because they're probably more worried about their kids doing things. How do you engage people? How do you affect change when people have tuned out, like uh, potentially, and I could be wrong and you could be hearing different things at the door than the other people that I'm talking to, but how do you affect change when people have tuned out? That's, that's for us is the big issue or uh, effort issue to overcome. We have the policies, we have the drive, we've got the people, we've got, we've got a, a few resources, not a lot, but we've got a few, we've probably got enough to get by. Um, we, uh, we have basically two major problems holding back. And one of them is what you just said, voter apathy. Uh, I, I'm suspicious of, of whether or not we're going to get one out of two people showing up to vote. This was a, I, I think this provincial election, it was called on a sleepy, hot Saturday afternoon uh, about three weeks ago, right smack dab in the middle of the summer just when the lockdowns were, were ending at the, after a COVID lockdown for a year and a half, 
So then they decide, I, I suspect it has something to, because our, our government's a liberal government, so I suspect it has something to do with the timing of the federal federal election. They said, either we're going to have a federal election soon, then you have to have your election afterwards, you can have it right now, do a snap election. And uh, that's that's what we have. We have, and I'm, I'm a worry, I'm very worried that, that less than one or two people are going to show up for this for this uh, election. And you know what? I don't blame them one bit. You know, th- this is we went through the last election four years ago, and this election is almost a carbon copy of it. You know, you have the the old fashioned boring parties trotting out the same old old fashioned boring policies. You know, trying to get people to get out and vote. Um, I, I, you know, people aren't represented by their MLA. So what's the incentive of voting? I mean, you show you're on the liberal team and the liberal people win. You know, I guess that's kind of exciting, I guess, to some people. But you you know that nothing's going to change. Nothing has changed from four years ago. Nothing changed from eight years ago. And nothing. Well, the only thing that's changed is a new premier, right? Because Stephen McNeil was the original premier four years ago. Stephen McNeil won. Now it's Ian Rankin if he wins. Yeah. And so what? What's going to change? I mean, are we going to? Are they going to bring in MLA recall? No. Are they going to bring in, bring in binding referendum? No. Are they going to free the legislature? No. <laughs> are they even going to report the votes that go on inside the legislature? No. Are they going to stop course of voting in the legislature? No. You know, are they going to do anything other than spend money and run deficits? No. I mean, why why should I try it out in the middle of the summer? I'm 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 myself personally always vote. I always vote. Um, but why should the, the average person trot out in the middle of the summer to vote for this, this stuff? You know, why, why should they? There's nothing in it for them. They're not wanted. And, and I kind of have this, you know, I have this, I, I, maybe it's a cynical kind of thought, but I'm thinking that maybe the, you know, the, stat, the old fashioned status quo parties kind of like it like this. You know, the people that really don't like them are not voting at all, are not involved at all. So all they have to do is pitch to, you know, the pool of people who do show up and all they need is a small, sh- you know, because the first past the post is all screwed up. So all they need is a small little shift in a few ridings to go from minority to majority. Uh, in the last election, one out of five Nova Scotians voted for a liberal government and got, got a majority government. So we had a majority government, which 80, 80% of the people didn't support. Why in the heck would you want to take part in that? Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. So apathy, you're absolutely right. Apathy. I've, I've knocked on thousands and thousands of doors throughout this province over the years. And that is the big thing. You start to talk about politics. People just phase out that, you know, it, it's it's people can't even imagine something different. You know that. And that's that is the the big problem for us is to convince people, look, it can be different. We can do something different, radically different. You know, you just have to have a little bit of faith. And the one out of two people who don't no longer vote in our elections are our constituency. These are the people we're reaching out to saying, look, we've got all these really exciting policies. You're going to be able to do this and that, and you're going to be back into politics and you're going to be heard. Your MLA is going to start to represent you. It's actually going to care what you think. And when you go to the legislature, you can actually impact the voting in the legislature. That's all pretty darn exciting. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot to have to explain it. And you're, I get, come back to your original question. You're right. It's that apathy. That's the thing. That's the one. That's one out of two things that's holding us back. Is that apathy? And that is we've we've always been fighting that. What's what's the second thing holding you back? The province back right now, and the uh, politicians right now. 
holding back. I, 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 the second thing that's holding our party party back is a blackout from the media. Really? We, yeah, we were blacked out. I had I had a an editor for a, a national media chain tell me to my face that they were not going to cover the Atlantic Party because they either they didn't they didn't want us getting too much exposure. They didn't like our policies. I don't know what it was, but clearly the attempt was to. Uh, you know, it interfere with their workings of the election by not reporting us. All four major, well, we have four major media outlets here, CBC, CTV, Global News, and our local uh, provincial newspaper. Uh, when the election was called, they were all big banner headlines saying election called, and then they gave a detailed sort of analysis about, you know, what, what the date was, the writings, and then they said, here's what the three leaders are doing. So they didn't, they didn't, mentioned me, they didn't mention the Atlantic Party, and they didn't mention the Greens. No, there's five leaders, there's five registered parties, they mentioned three. They have the leader debates, they, ex- they have three people. Um, I got my my five minutes of fame on CTV yesterday night. You know, Andy Warhol owes me 10 more. You know, I get five minutes every four years. This is what happened last time. I did get a good, I did get a good uh, uh, interview with CBC, but apart from that, Nothing. We've had almost zero coverage, and, and 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 because we because we put forward policies that are meant to uh, are anathema to the status quo. It doesn't look very good to about the media. That you know they're they're looking to you know if you wanted to be cynical and say and take the 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 negative side of it, you say they're they're in somehow supporting the status quo parties, and making sure that new voices and ideas don't get any oxygen. Which is sad because it's doing a disservice to the people of Nova Scotia, but even across Canada, when elections happen, they tend to focus on the top three parties, the NDP, the liberals, and the conservatives, and you don't get the options. Right. And that's why I'm so happy that you're willing to come on the show because I'm hoping that people have that option and are able to hear this conversation that you and I are having and think, okay, maybe let's, let's put our faith in the Atlantica party because you know what? I'm sick and tired of the same old politician telling me the same old thing at the door. I want to try something new. And I want to start with some policy now because there's two that I, I, I love on. I love when people talk about this because I want to dive into it. Recall elections, recall elections. Mm-hmm. It happens down in the States. They they're they're mandated out in BC. Alberta's trying to pass them right now as well. What is the number of uh, percentage of people wanting a recall election under the Atlantic party that would force a recall vote in that. And that's, let's start with that question first, and then we'll dive into a little bit more. Oh, and we are having some difficulties. So we would take, so we would, we would take the, uh, we would take the, the BC model and, you know, maybe tweak it. Now, I believe that you have to get uh, 40% of signatures in a writing within 60 days. Again, I apologize to my listeners. We are having some technical difficulties right now. Uh, I'm not sure if Jonathan is. You don't want this to be used. 
You don't want oh, just to there be used is. for. Sorry about that, Jonathan. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna interrupt you right now. Sure. Uh, we did just have some internet issues there. I'm not sure if it was my end or your end. But if you want to start that end. answer, probably if you want to start. Got rural, rural Canada, right? Internet is yeah. probably not the best. But if you want to start that answer over again, let's do that. Sure, sure. We we you know, we thought we'd mirror, mirrored off the, uh, the the setup they have in BC. Uh, I think you need forty percent of the riding to sign sign a petition within sixty days, uh, and we think that's uh, anybody who's gone into a riding and tried to get signatures, such as we have, uh, knows that's a huge task. You need to have a large group of people who are very motivated, i.e., annoyed to be able to trigger a recall, which is, I think, appropriate because you don't want it being used for partisan issues, you know, um, and that the, the MLA, of course, who's being uh, recalled has the option of running again in the new by-election and can stand on the record. That's entirely appropriate. And that's, you know, that that this is like, a, to me, it's a no-brainer. Um, you just don't need the premier and the parties involved. It's up to the people, the uh, people in their MLA. Would that not cause a potential, and I, it's never happened in Canada. It did come close in BC of happening once where a politician was going to be recalled, but they stepped down and they resigned before anything could happen. So yeah. in, in a situation in Nova Scotia where there would be a potential uh, recall, would it not be a disservice to the people of the electoral district who have voted for that uh, MLA to say, hey, you, we have put you there but we're going to recall you because we don't feel like you're being, you're not serving us correctly. Or does it give the power back to the constituents at the end of the day? Well, it totally gives the power back to the constituents because suddenly I, I don't know what it's like in other provinces, but at least here in Nova Scotia, suddenly the MLA actually has to start listening to what people want in the riding. You know, I mean, there's a, there's a complete disconnect between, you know, we, we, we vote for MLAs and we put them in place. Why? What's the one thing that they can't they can do that the, the rest of the executive can't do? They can vote stuff. They can vote it down. They can vote things up. They can pass bills. Nobody else can do that. That's their superpower, that vote. If there's a complete disconnect between the people in the writing and how the voting is going on, then recall is meant to throw a wrench into that works. So suddenly the MLA, you know, if I'm going to survive my term, I have to at least you know, look like when I go to vote in the House that I'm voting, you know, not just slavishly following party party policies or at least having to come back and explain, well, I voted this way because, you know, but as, as it is now, it's a carte blanche. You know, the, the MLAs will get elected next week. They don't have to listen to anybody. They just go to they go to Halifax and they're told how to vote, you know. Um, in, in theory, they don't have to spend any time in the riding. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to listen to anybody. They just, as long as they show up and they vote the way they're told, you know, it's really, you know, it's, it's really an empty, it's an empty job. <laughs> the, 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 the superpower is, you know, the, their, their superpower is, you know, taken away from them. So they, they really don't serve any function. What I found interesting on, in your platform, in the Atlantica's platform was, you want to get rid of the secret voting that happens in the legislature. And for someone who follows politics, politics on a regular basis, I had to research this and try to learn a little bit more about what you meant by secret voting, because I thought every every vote is not like there's no voice vote or anything like that. And no one stands up. But I was like, oh, that seems weird. But when you look into it, it's actually kind of true that 
everything is not recorded and the recorded votes do not happen. So you do not know what your MLA has actually voted for or against. You know the number, hey, 18 votes to 12 votes, but you don't know who voted. Now, here here in Nova Scotia, and again, I don't know what it's like in other provinces. You know, Hansard is the service that it's a hard one right going back to the 1700s in England, where this guy called Hansard managed to get the right to record the proceedings of parliament and publish them. So the people knows what's going on. And so when when uh, parliaments and legislatures were set up in Canada, they all came with a Hansard service. You can go online in your province and you look up Hansard. There's a federal Hansard as well. But yeah. here in Nova Scotia, you know, we're so incredibly backward, you know, not only do we think digital watches are still a really great idea, we also think that, um, you know, when Hansard rec- records a vote, it just says motion passed. It just says motion passed. It doesn't even give you the numbers. Oh, wow. <clears throat> it says motion passed. It doesn't say who's there. Uh, so you don't have, there's no attendance record. Now, there is a, there is a facility to record the vote, but it, it involves, I believe, I, I believe last time I checked, it involves the party whip ringing a bell for half an hour to gather everybody into the house and then they go through and they poll everybody and then they re- do like record it. Uh, I think we did an analysis out, out of, uh, uh, out of 850, 60 bills that were passed, 12 of them are recorded. Now, so this is, this is democracy in action here in Nova Scotia and it's outrageous. This is completely outrageous. Uh, and we've asked a couple of premiers, we've raised the issue and they just brushed off saying, oh, no, 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 we don't need to do that. So you kind of wonder, what are they trying to hide? You know, what, what's going on in the house? Um, you're not allowed to film anything in the house. You're not allowed to take pictures. And you certainly, unless you're there when the votes happen, you know, when they raise their hands, uh, you'd never know what's going on. Wow. And when you think about it, uh, y- you know, who wants to be a millionaire? They have those little electronic keypads. I know how everybody votes in the, in the elect- who wants to be a millionaire. I have no clue what's going on in the Nova Scotia legislature. And this isn't like a, a million dollar fix. This is like a $5,000 electronic system that records the vote and puts it out on the, on the internet. <coughs> Excuse me. And this has been going, we've, we've, we've raised this issue 10 years ago and still nothing's happened. I am flabbergasted that in 2021, we still have a government and we still have politicians who do not want to be transparent. And it seems like everyone runs on transparency and being more open with the voter. But when it comes to voting in the legislature after elections are done, we do not want to do that anymore. So I, I, I shake my head at that whole situation. That, yeah, abs- absolutely. You know. We're with you on that. So not only is the voting coerced, you know, with party discipline, um, it's also secret. And then you can have politicians go back to their constituents and say, well, I didn't vote for it. <laughs> well, how do I know if you did or did? Because yeah, I have to take record? you at your word. Yeah. 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 Where's your voting record? Show me your voting record. Why should I? Re- re- I don't know what you've done. How can I vote for you again if I don't know what you've done? And but of course, there is one person. There's one person in Nova Scotia who could change that. You think this is like such a minor thing. But, you know, the status quo does not want it so it doesn't have it the premier and the premier's office doesn't want it so therefore it doesn't happen it doesn't matter how outrageous or egregious it is if the premier doesn't want it the premier gets what they want and that's the kind of that's 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 a, a perfect example 
of why the political system here in Nova Scotia needs a revolution to change it. And I, I, I do want to pl plug Nova Scotia here. Um, Nova Scotia is one of the older provinces. And when I talk about political revolution, people go, oh, hey, wait a minute, political revolution. Well, Nova Scotia is known for its political revolutions. We had the first uh, you know, representative house in Canada, 1759. We went from having a governor to a legislature. That was a political revolution. 1848, Joseph Howe led uh, the, the change to responsible government. We were the first ones to have responsible government in Canada. 1923, I believe, we got rid of our Senate. We actually had a provincial Senate, which we got rid of. Another political revolution. It's time now for another political revolution. You know, let's overthrow the current system and bring the voter back in and put the voter front and center. Do you not, to play devil's advocate on that, on that statement, though, <laughs> people don't like change in 2021. You talk to any Canadian any person across this country change is bad change is not what we want and it seems to be let's stick with the good what we know and what we're used to what do you tell people when you're door knocking to say you know what we need to change we need to change and this is how we're going to do it how do you win people over in such a uh and yet again going back to the apathy question how do you change people's minds to say we need the change what is happening right now is not being good for nova scotia and its people well that's that's the th that's that's our whole challenge this is why we're running elections we put things out there saying look this is not working but here's a solution this is not working. Here's a solution. This is not working. Here's a solution. You know, what do you think? I almost universally, when I talk to people, I talk to people all the time and I say, this is a problem. This is a problem. They go, oh, oh yeah, you know, you're right. We should change that. But again, it's the apathy. It's the system itself is fighting back. You know, the, the status quo does not want that change. And it seems to me, again, being cynical, that the media here in Nova Scotia does not want that change either. Um, we're fine. You know, if, if people don't want to vote for the Atlantic Party, that's fine. But let's have a debate about recall. Let's have a provincial debate about recall. Let's have a provincial debate about binding referendum. Let's have a provincial, let's have a, a, a provincial discussion on free voting in the House. Let's talk about it. You know, let's make it an issue. You know, for but we can't, who, we can't even. Go ahead. Sorry. For those who are tuning in and to, for my listeners, uh, we do have a bit of a following right now who are who's watching this live. Uh, we are sitting down and we're talking to Jonathan Dean, the leader of the Atlantica Party in the upcoming uh, Nova Scotia election, which is happening on Tuesday, August 17th. Uh, I, I want to turn to one of the big things. One of the big things that a lot of people are facing right now is a very volatile economy. Um, you have come out, the Atlantica party has come out and said, uh, and this, this one, sh uh, I want to talk about because as a business owner, I'm always looking for the best place to set up a business. You want to reduce or eliminate the business tax in Nova Scotia. Uh, yep. let's start with the question. Why is this important to you? And then I'm going to ask the follow-up question on it. Well, here in Nova Scotia, we, we are basically a feeder for the rest of, of Canada. So all the best and brightest pick up and they go. I, I did that for a while before I came back. Uh, I couldn't get a job in my chosen profession. I, I, my, my background is investment research. Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't do that job here. There's very few jobs like that. So how, how, do you, how do you fix that problem? You encourage businesses to start up and create 
positions like that. And how do you how do you do that? Well, you deregulate the economy. Um, and one thing that seems like a no brainer is you just eliminate business tax. You know, these are individuals, people, businesses, family doctors, small, small family businesses, as well as large corporations that, uh, you know, for some reason are paying tax uh, in the province. So we think, you know, that would send a great that would be a send, send a great, bold, strong message across Canada saying, look, we're now a tax free environment. If you want to move your business and your family to Nova Scotia, you'll do better here. And you do also know that you've got an Atlantic Party uh, government who's committed to deregulation, having balanced budgets, having low stable taxes, uh, an economic environment that's meant to create wealth. And we've always said that, you know, with the right political decision making and the right will, we can make uh, we can make Nova Scotia have province and eliminating business tax. It seems to me that's a no brainer. It's such a small portion of the overall provincial budget. And it, it sends it sends a strong message to actually to all of North America. Look, move your home office here. Move your home office to Nova Scotia, Halifax, Cape Breton, wherever. Bring your and bring move your home office, bring your employees. They're gonna love it here. You know, real estate's relatively inexpensive and it's a beautiful part of the world. It's it's now, I don't think this is this is to me, this is not a, a controversial measure. It's common sense. It seems like common sense, but uh, anyone would then follow up with the question. And I, as a journalist, I'm, I'm trying to do my job here. They would say, if you reduce the business tax or eliminate it, you have to yep. find that funding source from somewhere else. So would yep. that mean that you would be uh, putting that funding or the collecting of more taxes from residents who are currently living there? Or how would you make up that, even if it's a small portion, you still have to make up a small portion to offset that reduction or elimination. How would you make it up? Uh, we've, that's a great question. Uh, we've actually, in past years, we've put together, whenever the government comes out with a budget, we put together an alternative budget. We call it the alternative budget. And it's a balanced budget. We eliminate business tax. We set flat tax. So it's revenue neutral. And we uh, also put in place a 10-year debt elimination program, balance the budget so it can be done. The source of the, the to make up, it's a 3.6% portion of overall uh, government revenues. We make that up, one, by bringing the, uh, the number of, of public servants it, it per capita to the national average. Right now, we're top heavy with public servants here in Nova Scotia. And by do, just doing that simple step, that covers business tax. Okay. Um, next area I want to talk about is, uh, I, I can't believe these words are going to come out of my mouth, but in Nova Scotia, when cannab cannabis was legalized, the province decided that they would sell it. They would be the uh, sellers of cannabis. Uh, the Atlantica Party wants to privatize cannabis and alcohol businesses and give it back to the people. Because yet again, I, yet, I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth. But when it was legalized, Nova Scotia lost money, lost money selling drugs. It, it seems like a weird concept because it seems like a million dollar industry. But Nova Scotia was one of those provinces that did. How, did, how would this benefit the people of Nova Scotia if 
privatization of alcohol sales and uh, uh, cannabis stores? Well, the, this is actually a great question. In fact, I the, the decision to uh, treat the cannabis industry the way they've done it here in Nova Scotia is, is always my kind of go-to example to show how bad political decision-making is here in the province. You know, uh, the way I look at it, it's, it's I can't believe that Canada actually did something so forward, you know, which something that should have happened like 50 years ago, but they finally got around to it and they did it. Still kind of blows my mind a little bit that, you know, the federal government actually decided to do that. It seems so out of keeping with them. But anyway, they created this fantastic opportunity for all of the provinces. We've opened up this new, what I what I call is an industrial sector. You know, that's what it is. You've got the, uh, you know, you've got the travel industry, you've got trucking, and now we've got a cannabis industry. We've got this great, it's like, Something like it's like Christmas came early. We've got this great, wonderful industry. And instead of saying we're going to turn it over the, to the entrepreneurs and we're going to encourage the entrepreneurs to build up, build up their brands to start export, we know that the other provinces are going to probably screw it up and they're going to probably end up need, needing good quality and low cost supply. And we also know that the United States is going to be coming online over time. It'd be great to get in there. And get Nova Scotia known for for RANS, different ways of, of processing it and using it, and start to build that industry. Because not only is it's, it, cannabis isn't just a retail, it's not a production and a retail industry. There's also kinds of ancillary industries that go with it, like um, there's civil engineering firms that are going to specialize in how to build facilities. There are uh, companies that are going to specialize in treating the wastewater. There's uh, sorry, excuse me. There's companies that specialize in strains of, of uh, plants through software. There's all these ancillary industries that are going to be spun off and are going to support the industry. So, but you know, Nova Scotia had that opportunity and they said, no, let's just go for the cash grab. So now they sell they sell cannabis through uh, the liquor corporation that I hear is very expensive and low quality and people don't really like it very much. Meanwhile, other other forms of it, such as edibles, were illegal for a long time. And the people who still who can't come out of the gray zone, the entrepreneurs who then opened up shops, started making production, creating brands. These people are now being occasionally harassed by the police. So. Uh, I heard a story about a, a, a place in Halifax, which had a great selection. They sold lots of, they did a lot of volume. Uh, the police one day went and spoke to the, uh, to the uh, landlord of the building they're in and shut them down. So, so here we are, let's, let's so here, which what we have is we've decided we've had this tremendous opportunity to become a global leader in this industry, little old Nova Scotia, but instead, Let's persecute the people who are really efficient and who are making money at it, and let's hand it over to, you know, the uh, liquor commission, which is notorious for, uh, you know, controlling things and being way overpriced. Uh, again, this is this is the standard of political decision making here in this province, and I I can't help laugh when I think about it because it's it just again it's like the, the secret voting. It's just you have to sit back and. You have to take a deep breath and go, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Weird. You know, it's like, it's like bizarro uh, Jerry Seinfeld. It's just all backwards, you know? So it's Uh, bizarro Nova Scotia. 
Uh, I, I'm just cautious of time here and I just want to make sure that you can, uh, we can wrap up here in a timely fashion because I don't want to run up over too long in, in our 45 minute discussion, but I want to, I want to ask you this one question. And this is the question that usually stumps a lot of people. What is the biggest misconception about the Atlantica party that you want to address right now that you say this, we aren't what you think we are. We are actually a common sense party. What is the biggest misconception that you need to address right now about your party? I think it, you just said it. we are a common sense party. Yes. We've got a lot of reforms that people need to look at. If you give us your support, we won't take that lightly. And we'd like to see a, a large, a, a large uh, turnout and support for our ideas, because then if we get that turnout and that support, then that'll set us up for the next election. We're under no uh, we're under no illusions. This is a multi-election project to try to do what we're trying to do. Uh, it's like building the space shuttle. It's going to take you know years to do this, but I know we will get there one day. But people have to go to the the platform and go, okay, look, you know, these, there's some good stuff here. These these are really good ideas. I think this would be really good for Nova Scotia. It's in the public interest. It's not in our personal interest necessarily because I'm, you know, I'm, here I am on a, a, a summer evening, uh, you know, when I could be sitting on my deck. But no, you know, I think it's in the public interest. To, we should at least try to offer Nova Scotians a real option. Now, if they decide not to take it, that's fine. I, I understand it. You know, sometimes change can be can be uh, scary. But think of the possibilities. Even if we are able to accomplish some of this platform how much further ahead would this province be the people who've moved away would then be tempted to come on back you know children and grandchildren would want to come back and you'd be able to live in more vital built-up communities we'd be able to uh, have better health care better transportation all the all the issues that all provinces struggle with if we're able to create that opportunity and that wealth and also to bring the voter back in and to make the political system work for everybody think of a vital wonderful place Nova Scotia would be. It would be an example that everybody would look at. And that's what we're offering. And that's why people have to, you know, if you're discouraged about politics, go look at our platform. If you don't like the selection you have, go look at our platform. One in three Nova Scotians is going to have the opportunity to vote for an Atlantica candidate. And I'm very excited about that. But go to atlanticaparty.ca slash platform. Look at our platform. If I guarantee you, you'll find one thing in there that you like that the other parties are not going to be talking about. In fact, they do not want to talk about any of the things on that list. Uh, things like recall. Um, so I guarantee you, you'll get something there that you've not seen before and you've not heard before. And that to me is exciting. So we're trying to make the election exciting again. Hey, which is always good. I, I love when people get it and vote for my listeners and to my viewers, the links to the Atlantica party's website, social media pages are in the show notes. So please check them out. Uh, I, I want, I, I was going to not ask this question because of timing, but I want to get it in because it is the topic of discussion in Nova Scotia right now. Premier Ian Rankin earlier this week came out and said, Hey, we are going to introduce a Scotia pass for businesses within the province of Nova Scotia. What is the uh, policy and platform and opinion of a vaccine passport for businesses within Nova Scotia, according to the Atlantica party? 
Well, he didn't come up and say that. I don't think he said if we're elect, elected, if we we're elected, consider yes. thinking about it in some sort of voluntary sense, which I, I don't know if that actually I'm not sure what that means. You know, um, we, we are the only party who's come out against it. We don't support it. We think it's discriminatory. Uh, people, you know, people shouldn't be basically what you're telling people is that you should you have to have the vaccine. It should be mandatory. And we're saying, no, you can't force people to do that. People have their own reasons for getting the vaccine. People have their own reasons for not having the vaccine. It's their personal choice. When you start putting together a passport that people, the businesses and people are starting to examine when you walk in through the door, um, you know, you can imagine where that goes. Uh, there was a freedom rally in uh, back in May that got canceled here in Nova Scotia because the police broke it up. Uh, just prior to the, uh, the the rally, or that they had to cancel the rally, that there's uh, death threats because they dared to oppose the COVID response of the Liberal government here. And I mean, you're inviting that again. You know, if, if I'm walking around without my Scotia pass, am I going to be the target of, you know, am I going to be tracked? Am I going to be the target of, of hate? And, and there's also a good um, uh, reason to think that it actually violates the Human Rights Act here in Nova Scotia. You can't discriminate against people due to concerns about, um, you know, health related issues. You can't, you just can't do that. I mean, it's, it's, already it's a non-starter as far as i'm concerned but so it's a very odd thing to propose <clears throat> no but we're the only just, party I, who's come out against it well and thank you for answering that question because it, like i said it, it was the topic of discussion in the media reports in the last few days and i just wanted to get your opinion on it because i was trying to find it on your platform but it wasn't because yet again it was just announced this week um i will i want to take this time and thank you um i know you were in the midst of a campaign right now and taking your time and sitting down and talking to me has been greatly appreciated because to get more people involved in politics we need to have discussions like this where we, we talk about party politics and we talk to all parties, not just the parties that the mainstream media wants to talk about, but all parties. So, Jonathan, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, it's been greatly appreciated uh, for my viewers and to my listeners. Please, 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 please. If you are in the province of Nova Scotia, get out and vote on Tuesday. Yes. I believe advanced voting is still happening, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Please get out and vote. Get out and vote. Get, get out in the vote, and it is, your, it is the, pro, the future of your province that we're talking about, so get out and vote. Jonathan, thank you so much for doing this. This has been a pleasure. Uh, for my listeners, check out the website because you won't be sorely missed. You will find something that you will support. I guarantee it. I thank guarantee you. it. Thank you. The Ballot Box was produced and edited by Miranda Brown and Associates Incorporated.